Hey, 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 what do you say? The Cubs are gonna win today. Hey, Chicago. Anyway, hey, welcome. Got a lot to get to. I don't know if you saw this, but breaking news just now. Russell Wilson, five-year, $245 million. That keeps him in Denver for at least seven years for $295. That just literally, literally broke as we were getting ready, Adam Schefter had that, and I can confirm it because, well, if I don't confirm it, then we all know, ladies and gentlemen, that, well, it's just not happening. I am going to give you basically uh, 30 to 45 minutes of the best betting you're ever going to hear. It is going to be, let me see how I named it here. I think you'll like it. It's going to be, I'm on one this week. It's going to call it America's Best College football bets. Now, Clay does a get rich kids. I like that better. I would have taken that. But I decided America's best college football picks will be coming up at 9.30. And at 9.30, I'm going to have uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis. I'm going to have seis picks. And I'm going to keep track all year. In fact, I may bet these picks. I think I am. And I'm going to put it in, uh, see how much I'm up or see how much I'm down. And I'm not going to bet them all the same because there are some that I don't like as much as others. Uh, Jeffrey Clark from Outkick Bets is going to join us. Uh, go to Outkick Bets and you too shall win money. We're going to win you some money. He likes Purdue like I like Purdue. Spoiler alert also. Danny Mullen. Dan Mullen, former head coach at Mississippi, former head coach at Florida, current, he just signed on with ESPN. Dan Mullen's going to join us around 10 o'clock. You know, Dan Mullen, uh, I first met Dan Mullen when he was the quarterback coach slash offense coordinator with Urban Meyer at Bowling Green, and he's a terrific coach. We'll see what's going on with him, what happened at Florida, what he thinks about the current state of college football, and what his new role will be at ESPN. We'll get into all that, but hey, look, there are some people that we know this are just above the law, or at least they think they're above the law. Aaron Donald is one of those. Aaron Donald decided it was a good idea in practice to lose his damn mind. Aaron Donald decided, you know what? You know what? Uh, I don't know that I'm not going to go crazy. Can we show the video? If you remember this video going back of Aaron Donald taking some swings, he just having some swings. He just taking a helmet and batting people over the damn head. You know, this helmet you see swinging right there in the middle, that's Aaron Donald. Now I was thinking about this. And the reason I talked about this before getting into Serena Williams, who is absolutely unbelievable by the way, but Serena Williams wins. Uh, but Aaron Donald was swinging. And you know what Aaron Donald's response was? Well, you know, it's football. It is? Yeah, it's football. What are you going to do? It's practice. Don't worry about it. Right? Huh? How is this guy not suspended? Like, you take your helmet off. So is that what players can do now? And then just say, well, I don't know. Uh, let's go. I, 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 I what? Let's, let's start swinging helmets. Let's start rocking and rolling. Let's start shaking and baking. No, you cannot do that. And at some point, Aaron Donald, Donald will in fact get suspended, I think, but he doesn't think anything about it. He just sitting there going, Hey, look, man, it's football. It's practice. Ain't nothing. It's practice. It's football. Oh, okay. It is. 
I thought it was like assault. Now, a white guy like myself, according to the idiots on ESPN, isn't allowed to say this, but I think he's nuts, man. He is downplaying. It's just practice. It was football. I really don't want to go back to nothing negative. There's always three things. I'm moving forward. I'm a man, and only God can judge me. Those are the three athlete creeds. I'm a man. I'm moving forward. Only God can judge me. All right. My main focus is on Buffalo. Well, that's not practice, and that's not football. It went far beyond it. It went far beyond anything. Uh, you could be arrested and charged if you did that anywhere else. Of course, people are going to say, well, you know, uh, if you tackled people, you could be arrested and charged. Well, that's just stupid because that's part of the sport. But taking a helmet off and swinging it, this guy should be suspended, and I wonder if he will be. But one of the things we know with the NFL, man, do they tread lightly for a variety of reasons. Woo! You got actual video of this. This guy should be suspended. This guy should not play in his first two games. You know, you can say whatever you'd like, however you'd like it. You can defend it. You can call me whatever you'd like. You can say a white man should not comment on these type things like Stephen A. Smith and two other clowns did. Uh, our favorite Ryan Clark did. And whoever the third guy was, Acho, I don't know who he is. But anyway, I am saying it. I am a white man, and I'm going to tell you, anybody, white, black, uh, Asian, uh, Hispanic, Serbian, uh, my next-door neighbor, my son should be suspended for doing something like that. Uh, I don't know why the NFL Players Association wouldn't stand up for the other players. The NFL Players Association should want Donald suspended. The NFL players uh, should want him out. You cannot have that. Why should the players be involved? Donald's a player. Well, yeah, but so are the other guys that he was hitting over the head. Now, I don't know about you, but if that breaks out on Sunday night, we got a real problem here. Don't do yourself a disservice, football. You got a great thing going. You got a wonderful thing going. You are dominating every sport. You are taking the air out of every sport. Do yourself a favor. Walk like men. Suspend this guy. And who gives a rat's ass what anybody says? It's literally that simple. I didn't say nothing about it for weeks, and I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, and all of a sudden I see this clown talking about it's just football. That is not just football. That is not just practice. He's got a helmet in each hand, and he's swinging like an idiot. That's what he was doing. And if you don't have the stones to suspend him, my God, why would we watch this crap? And what happens in a game? Of course Shep D was right. Of course it was uh, assault. Of course uh, Jeff Schwartz was right. He should be suspended. You don't like it? Tough. Man, if you're not going to suspend him, what are you going to suspend guys for? Putting a $1,500 bet when he's not playing? Calvin Ridley? Gee. That is ridiculous to me. We'll see what happens. But the fact that this clown thinks that he can get away with just swinging two helmets and bashing people over the head, uh, and he has gotten away with it, is absolutely wrong. It has to change. Speaking about what's absolutely right, look, I got to tell you, I have been in and I am all in on Serena Williams. Serena Williams now joins Urban Meyer, Nick Saban, as people that when they are plus money, you always bet them. Urban Meyer and the points is an absolute college football lock. Nick Saban and the points, neither happens very often, absolute college football lock except last year against Georgia. Look, a lock to me is like 10-1. and one. Urban Meyer, uh, that is the lock of all locks. 
Serena Williams moves into there. And I hope you listen to me because I listen to the best analyst outside of Sir Charles Barkley, and his name is John McEnroe. Nobody knows his sport better than John McEnroe. Think about it. They're really, Romo used to be, but he's not anymore. You don't really turn the TV on to listen to Troy Aikman. College basketball has literally nobody you're listening to. I mean, the cure for insomnia is all these college basketball guys that say, that's a fun. Baseball, Benetti and Steve Stone, and then that's it. No, I'm just telling you, Johnny McEnroe is the most informed, most interesting, most opinionated guy outside of Charles Barkley that is on TV, and he is my favorite. He told me that Serena Williams, not me personally, but he told us that Serena Williams' second-round match against the number two player in the world was going to be easier than the first-round match. Now, that did not turn out to be true, but she was going to win, and he was right. He thought that she would win both matches, or at least that's what I heard him say. Doesn't mean he said it a lot, doesn't mean that, but that's what I heard him say. And last night, I got to tell you, I got totally, completely enthralled in the Serena Williams match. And then I got totally, completely enthralled in the post-match. Yeah, I didn't care about Oprah's nonsense. I didn't care about Tiger Woods' cheer. Didn't care about any of that. I just loved the interview. Hey, I'm a pretty good player, too. I did. Serena Williams, according to Kathy Stroya, Kathy Stroya grew up on my block. Her brother John and I were friends. Her brother John was one of my assistants. Kathy is the longtime trainer, head of medical stuff for the women's tour. Now, I don't know if she still is or not, but she was for years and years and years. So there you go. And Kathy told me and, and John that the Williams sisters are the nicest people on the tour. Fierce competitors lose their minds sometimes, but so what? That's part of the gig. When Kathy said that, now you got to understand, we're from Northwest Indiana. We don't trust nobody. Like we got nothing going on. We don't care. We don't trust. We think everything is rotten. But when she said that, and you see it, yeah, she loses her mind. Yeah, she gets angry on the court, but tell me somebody that doesn't. Please, fill me in. Name me a great competitor that didn't lose their mind on the court. You can't. You won't. You can't. It won't happen. It's not going to happen. So there you go. I love the post-game interview. I can't wait to watch Serena play on Friday. It's becoming like uh, Jimmy Connors in uh, 1991. Jimmy Connors in 1991 inspired me and my buddy Big Balls Billy to go play tennis every night. Every night, I even bought a racket that I still use. Hey, it's a Prince. It was big back then. We played every night, sweating, coming in, and then we'd watch Jimmy Connors go, yeah! My then wife was like, man, are you guys any good? We thought we were. We weren't. But this is what's happening with Serena. I told my wife, we haven't played much tennis this summer. We got to get back to playing tennis. Serena's out there killing it. She's inspired me. I hope she's inspired you to at least watch. Holy smokes. It's freaking awesome. It is. You know, I don't understand why athletes back down from comments, particularly comments like Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield backed down from the comment. He is going to F them up, them being the Browns. Look, 
What's wrong with that comment? Guys like me, real people, love those kind of comments. That's what he said. I'm going to F them up. What's the problem with that? Hey, look. Hey, Baker, did you say it? Yeah, I said it. Why'd you say it felt like it? Well, it's not right to say it. Well, that's what I said. I don't care. See, sports needs more stuff like that. i tell you what sports needs less of. Sports needs less of guys. Guys, guys, guys. Puffing their chest after every little thing that they do. Guys and girls, just stop. Uh, But people and sports need more of this. They need more talking about what they're going to do. They need more Muhammad Ali type verbiage. Like every swing and you know what, thought they were Muhammad Ali or were trying to be Muhammad Ali after Muhammad Ali. Now everybody has seen Colin, Colin, Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick, his victimhood has sold, right? He's made millions. He's a martyr. He's an icon. Kaepernick goes somewhere, people follow, right? Martyrdom sells. It's beautiful. So we follow what sells. Ali and his brashness sold, but then nobody could be Ali. We need more of this. Baker Mayfield, own up. Own up to your damn comments, Baker Mayfield. There is another Sir Charles, by the way, and it is Chuck Pagano. Sir Charles is. One's a great announcer. One's a complete coaching fraud. But I digress. All right. Give it to me. Let me know. Uh, Baker, why are you denying making these quotes? Why are you saying I didn't make them? First, I didn't say it. Well, if the media reports it, isn't it true? Obviously, everyone's going to write whatever the story will want. There's history that I played their last four years. I'm an extremely competitive person. Everyone knows that. If I wasn't wanting to win, then there would really be a big issue with me being a quarterback here. I don't want to win in everything I do. That'll never change. That is not how I phrased it. It is not even what I said. Well, you know, okay. I don't know. Apparently, Cynthia Freeland. Uh, of the NFL Network. Apparently, that's what he told her. So what he's doing is he's calling Cynthia a liar, and I'm cool with that because I believe they're all liars. I don't believe there's anybody in the media that isn't a liar. Other than us here on OutKick, other than me, but I'm not in the media. I'm more of an entertainer. So you know what? They lied. Good. Own it. It isn't going to change the fact that Miles Garrett's not going to, he's going to try to knock your head off. It isn't going to change the fact you're going to get booed. It isn't going to change anything. Own it. Yeah, I said it. And that's what I'm coming there to do. And if people got a problem with it, then you're going to have a chance to stop me. If you don't have a problem with it, God bless you. Uh, and then talk about like uh, Aaron Donald. I'm moving forward. Only God can judge me. I'm a man. <laughs> try that. When your wife catches you doing something stupid. Only God can judge me, honey. I'm a man. I'm moving forward. Try that one. Yeah, that ain't going to work so well, but give it a shot. You never know. All right, just stop with the waiver wire stuff. Just stop with it. All right? Just stop. Please. 
And by the way, back to Baker Mayfield, he thrives on that stuff. He does. You know it and I know it. He thrives on that. He needs that like he needs air. He's this tall. He's always got a chip on his shoulder. He thrives on it. Don't at me about it, peoples. Seriously. Come on. We all know he does. Stop it. Your waiver wire pickup isn't going to make your team great. I'm sorry. Kellen Mund is not going to make your team great. Leatherwood, Alex Leatherwood, you know how I feel about it. I I love the kid. I don't know him. I watched him. I was shocked that he's so bad. I'm sure my friends in the NFL can tell me they're not shocked. I'm sure there's something there. But, man, when I saw him at Alabama and then I saw him being interviewed, I thought this guy's great. Now he goes to the Bears, I don't know, maybe in four years. Hell, the Giants picked up three defensive back and a guard. The Bears picked up six players. None of these guys are putting you, quote, over the top. Hey, look, if they were that good, they wouldn't be cut. Some guys get cut for salary. Some guys get cut to get moved around. But do you notice that those guys that get cut really don't get picked up by anybody else and they're on your practice squad? Indianapolis is the most remedial football town in the country. We actually worry about Sam Ellinger. Chad Kelly. A couple years ago, everybody was up in arms. Caesar Rayford got traded. Oh, my God, he had 10 tackles in an exhibition game. Deron Carter. Oh, my God, Deion Kane. I can go on and on about the local yokels talking about somebody that absolutely, quote, has to make the team. They got cut. They didn't get picked up. The guy that you picked up on your waiver wire ain't helping. It's a one in a hundred shot. You can disagree with me. You can talk about some guy. That's great. It's a one in a hundred shot. And look, if you're going to bet one in a hundred shots, you're going to end up wearing shirts with camels on them. By the way, classy shirt, Medina Country Club. My good friend Billy Parks gave it to me for my birthday. I'm golfing today. I'm classing to join up. Don't at me. Anyway, here comes college football expansion. Now, let me ask you a question. I know, I know, I know. Doc, it's stick to basketball. Doc, it's your student. I know. I know. I've heard all of it. I know what you're saying. I know what you're thinking. I know how you're rolling. I do. But do you remember, do you remember when I talked about Oklahoma and Texas? Do you remember when I talked about Oklahoma and Texas leaving the Big 12 to go to the SEC? I'm going to sit back a minute and see if you remember that. I'll give you a moment. Okay, so you do. If you remember... What I said was, don't let anybody tell you differently. Nobody. You can take Pete Thamel. You can take Pat Forty. All these guys. Remember what I told you. The college football playoffs was going to expand sooner than later. Remember this. Sooner than later. Now, the reason... I said that was because Oklahoma and Texas had a far easier time 
getting into the college football playoff, which is the only goal of Oklahoma and Texas, in the Big 12 than they do in the SEC. The SEC's a mother. Well, they'll make more money, no question. But you make gobs when you go to the college football playoff and you win the college football national championship. So I try to tell you this. This is going to expand how much? I don't know, 12 or 16. That's what I, I don't think it's going to eight. There has to be, listen to this. The final four years of the college football playoffs is now. It's been a 12-year contract with ESPN. It expires following the 2025 season. For it to change, now this is important. In order to expand before the contract ends, there must be a unanimous vote by presidents and chancellors. There you go. There's been a lot of debate. There's been 10 months of debate. People think there hasn't. Oh, baby, there has. There has. Um, This is going to happen. It might happen tomorrow. There's going to be something coming down. You're going to hear something. Now, maybe one president loses his mind. The athletic, the AAC commissioner, Mike Esco, said his conference is open to 12 or 16 teams. That giving all 10 FBS conference championships, champions automatic bids would be ideal. Yeah, I don't know about that. But the AAC wants it. You can't tell me that every other school... Above the AAC, Pac-12, Big Ten, ACC, uh, Big, uh, did I say Big 12? Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. SEC, don't tell me that those schools, if the AAC wants it, don't tell me that those schools aren't going to be aboard. You're going to see this happen. You're going to see this happen sooner than later. Trust me on this. Probably tomorrow, and I've been telling you this forever. I have a tendency to look beyond my nose about things that I care about. And as soon as those two moved, I was the only one. Everybody else was dumb. Everybody else overthought it. Not me. That's one of my strengths. I don't overthink very many things. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. Yesterday I heard that Urban Meyer was going to go to Arizona State or he was going to go to Nebraska. I hope he goes. I do. I hope he goes to both. Hell, coach them both. That'd be cool with me. Ain't a damn thing wrong with him. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know what to tell you. What I tell you is when, I don't know, when he goes, he'll go, but I don't see it right now. I don't. I don't. I was texting with uh, Urban and Shelly last night about some, about some memories that we had back in the day when Urban lived behind me. We buried a bunny. Urban tried to make a fence for a bunny. It didn't last. Local dog got out, killed the bunny. Shelly saw it. It's a long story. Arizona State would make sense. Nebraska, not so sure. But I got to tell you, my man has been very, 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 very solid on saying, hey, look, I'm all in on my team with Fox. Big noon kickoff, big Saturday kickoff. I think it's great. I think he's the best segment on it. I think they're coming or they're trying to come for game day, and they'll have a hard time, but they got the right guy as a coach in there. 
Look, I think he's very happy. I think he's very appreciative of Fox saying, hey, look, come on back. You know, just because you were good at something doesn't mean that people want you back. We've seen a lot of it. Hell, I was thrilled as hell when I went to West Virginia, called my AD there. He said, look, this doesn't work out. Come on back to Bowling Green. I'm like, really? Okay. But the truth of the matter is he is terrific on television. He is absolutely the best thing going on Saturday morning television. His segment, Breaking Down Football, is fantastic. His segments on the Big Ten Network with Jerry DiNardo, Breaking Down Football, are fantastic. It is not even close. There are great segments, but none are close if you are a football fan. If you are a football fan, Urban Meyer's segments are the best, and I'm incredibly happy that he is back at Fox. I'm incredibly happy because, look, I tell you this all the time. I want appointment television. I want to get my fat you-know-what up, and I want to watch me some football, and I want to watch me a pregame show, and I want to watch me some stuff that makes me want to sit there and not move. And don't even think about adding me about it. Don't even do it. Don't at me about it. Seriously. So there you go. And I'm glad he's back. But I'm not saying he's never going to coach. You know, I'm not saying that. Uh, I'm not saying that at all. I don't think he is. Gun to head, which is the way I do things. Gun to head, uh, I would say no. That's what I would say. It doesn't mean I'm right, but that's what I would say. It's not like I talk to him every day. Not like I talk to him every week. But that's what I would say. I would say for damn sure... Let's make, you know, let's understand that he has a great job. He does a great job. The people at Fox love the job that he did. The team that he's on with Brady Quinn and Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart and Rob Stone, I think it is, are fantastic. I don't know if they're going to be able to beat out game day. That's a tough one, man. Game day's iconic, but I know this. They've made inroads, and I also know this. With the games that Fox is getting, both in football and basketball, it is going to be rocking and rolling here this summer. It is. It's going to be rocking and rolling, man. It's going to be great. And I can't wait. I think it's going to be terrific. So don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying he's going. I'm not saying he's not going. What I am saying is, hey, look, he's in a great job. There are going to be some good jobs open. I don't know that the Herm Edwards thing uh, has any legs to it. I mean, that dude is a mess. I knew he would be, though. Whenever you meet someone and you go, yeah, okay, great guy, interesting guy, not much there. I get it. Arizona State would be a great place for your last college job. I always told my dad I want to go to two places in basketball, Pepperdine or Arizona State when I'm done. But it's terrific to have Urban Meyer back on TV. It's even more terrific that the media that the media wonks lost their mind over it. That makes it even better. Oh my God! Shut up. Urban's great. Don't at me. Hey, look. Next. Woo! I got one, two, three, four, five, six bets. I got six bets for you. Now Clay says, "Get rich, fellas. Get rich." Uh, no, I'm telling you right now, this is, and I'm keeping track and I may bet, I'm going to bet more, but for the sake of this show, I think I'll bet $20 on each of these bets. 
and I'll tell you where we're at at the end of the day or at the end of the weekend. Now, I'm going to add to them, but these are the six that I looked at and I said, all right, I'll take these. When we come back, I am going to give you those bets. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Hutton from Outkick 360. If you couldn't catch the show yesterday, here's what you missed. Who are you leaving out of the AFC West? Uh, I, boy, I think Russell Wilson's going to play really well at Denver and be an MVP candidate. So if I had to pick one, I'd pick the Raiders. They keep cutting first-round picks. It's amazing. People want to blame their bad picks on Mike Mayock. He didn't make those picks. John Gruden made those picks. John Gruden had power of personnel, and every first-round pick they made, he was the boss, so he should be getting the criticism. I'm I'm intrigued to watch this guy play week one. Panthers-Browns just went up a notch based on the trade itself, but knowing that he was kicked to the curb and knowing that Cleveland's paying $10 million of his salary this year. There, there, I bet there, uh, Davey, I don't know if you can find this real quick. And if you can't, that's fine. I bet there's around $70 million in quarterback money alone between these two franchises on week one. With the Browns paying most of it. Yes. The combined salaries for all their quarterbacks, if you add it, I bet there's at least 65 to $70 million. We're discussing the sports topics you care about from every angle. Catch me, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski each weekday afternoon, 3 to 6 Eastern, right here at OutKick.com. Stay with us on the OutKick Network. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's go. Get your pens and papers out because we're going to make some money. It is the first real, not really, last week was a real weekend in college football because we made the itch, baby. We made some scratch. But this weekend slate is just too damn good. It is. And if you are going to, if you are going to watch college football and you are going to bet, then you got to get your DraftKings, you got to get it going, and you got to listen to OutKick. Now, there's a variety of ways to look at this. You can look at this as, oh, I am going to sit on my couch, watch a game, and bet just because, well, I'm watching the game. Or you can look at it another, you can, there's a variety of ways. You can look at it like, well, my alma mater's playing. Like, my alma mater's playing Illinois. Indiana's a two-point favorite. There's no chance I'm betting that game. I'm just telling you right up front. Indiana may womp them. They may. Indiana may get womped. In fact, were I to bet it, I would take Illinois and the points. But here's the situation I'm in. My whole life, I've bet Indiana football, except when I was coaching there. And you never win betting Indiana football. At least I don't. So, yeah, it's my alma mater. Yeah, it's Friday night. Yeah, I'll be watching the game. I'm going to have to come up with something if I'm going to bet the game. And there's a lot of ways that you can bet. You don't have to bet the spread. You can bet a team total. I've got a team total in here that I absolutely love that I'm going to give you. Okay? You can bet that. You can bet over-under. 
There's all kind of props. And that's probably what I'm going to do with Indiana, Illinois, just for argument. A lot of people lose money because they bet their alma mater. Hey, look, you can bet it as a business. And that's what I'm doing this year. For years and years and years, I have bet this basically because I was in a group with a couple guys and we're like, hey, let's take this, let's take that. Not anymore, ladies and gentlemen. No, I refuse to. Here is what I have done. I should have given this to the fellas. Hold on. I don't know if you can see it. It's too close. That's what I've done. I'm keeping track. And I'm going to keep track because I'm betting this like a business. I'm only going to give you bets that I have looked at and I think we're going to win. Let me give you number one. I'm taking Purdue plus three points. Now, now, this is a little bit problematic. Why? Well, because Purdue's <laughs> Aiden O'Connell is a guy that I really like. I think he's been, he was terrific at the end of the college football season. He was great. Tremendous. But then today I read an article that says, hey, look, wasn't very good against Wisconsin, solid defense. Penn State, solid defense. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. Aiden O'Connell was fantastic. 19-3 in his last five games as a Purdue Boilermaker quarterback. He started the season. Remember, he came from Wheaton College, walk-on. This is the first year, the first year that Purdue has had a quarterback that they know is going to be the starting quarterback in the Jeff Brom era. Now, you got to understand something. Jeff Brom is a quarterback guru. He is. He's a quarterback guy. I mean, he was a quarterback. He's a terrific play caller. Now, people say, well, you know, he lost Milton Wright, who is not on the team anymore. He lost David Bell, who's in the NFL. Great. Don't care. Uh, Brock Thompson went for 270 in a bowl game against Tennessee, replacing David Bell. Charlie Jones comes over as a great return man slash wide receiver. Grade school friend of Aiden O'Connell. Tyrone Tracy also. Both of these guys came over from Iowa. So they did lose one of the best, if not the best, hands in the country in David Bell. But they replaced them with dudes that have been very, very good. Why did they come over from Iowa? Because the quarterback at Purdue is better. Ross H. Stadium, I don't know what you Purdue fans are doing, but as of yesterday, there were still 5,000 tickets available for this game. Are you out of your freaking mind? It's a Thursday night game tonight, 8 o'clock, national TV. This should be insanity. Get yourself right now. What time is it? 9.35 Eastern time. Char uh, Harry's Chocolate Shop should be packed by 10. What are you doing? I don't know what to tell you. But I, if I watch that game, and I am, when I watch that game tonight, I am going to be looking in the stands and saying to myself, don't even think about it. Hey, look, Purdue, I'm taking you plus three and a half. You got to run the football. You and Penn State, awful last year running the football. You got to run the football. You got to play a little bit of defense. But I'm taking you, and I'm taking you with the points. And, ladies and gentlemen, I am not putting the money line bet on this. I was going to, but I'm not. I personally am going to bet the money line, but my gift to you, I'm going to make this easy. I am taking Purdue and Penn State over 53. 
I think the winner, I think, gets over 30. I don't think this is an up and down game. I think Penn State's defense is okay. But 53 to me, with a passing fast offense, that would be torture to take the under. Because this could be one of those deals where it's 10 to nothing at the quarter, and you're like, man, it's going to be hard to get to 53. But no, you got two six-year quarterbacks. Sean Clifford is a six-year quarterback. You got two quarterbacks. The other one, obviously, is Aiden O'Connell. You got two guys that have been around. I think I played against them in high school, basketball. That's how old these two are. They're going to get the ball down the field. They're not going to be intimidated, either one. They're not going to worry about jitters on opening day. I anticipate both teams to come out and play really well. I do. And I anticipate both quarterbacks getting into the mid to the high 20s. You know, 35-28, 42-30, something like that is going to win this game, my opinion. This is the one I didn't love as much as any others, but I'm going to give it to you anyway because I, 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 I liked it early in the week. And if you like it early in the week, then you go ahead and do it. All right? This one I thought was really low. This may be my favorite bet. Ohio State's team total. Ohio State's team total is 38 and a half. That means Ohio State has to score 39 points. That means... In four quarters of football, Ohio State taking on Notre Dame has to score six touchdowns. The hook may get you because it would be obviously five touchdowns and a field goal, and that hook will crush you. If you want to get rid of the hook, do it. I always get rid of the hook. But look, here's the deal with Ohio State. Have you watched any of the pregame Ohio State stuff? Have you? Well, if you have, all you have seen is Ohio State's players saying one or two things. And it is always this. Man, we want to be the highest scoring offense in the country. Man, C.J. Stroud is the best quarterback in the country. He's gained over 40 pounds since he has been at Ohio State. Think about that for a minute. He's gained 40 pounds. I don't know if that's good or bad. I assume it's good. That means he came in, I'm guessing, pretty skinny. You're playing against a coach at Notre Dame that literally does not know his ass from third base, or at least he didn't in the first bowl game. We'll see if he does. I hope he does. But Ryan Day, Jackson Smith uh, Jigba is on my television right now saying, we want to be the fastest team in the country. We want to be the highest scoring team in the nation. And he's about the fifth guy that I've heard say that on the Ohio State, in the Ohio State group. It's not like we want to be the toughest, you know. No. So I love this bet. If I'm betting 20 on everyone, I'm going to bet 40 on this one. Like, I may bet a 1,000 on this one and then sit there and suffer when they kick a field goal to make it 38. But I ain't mad about this bet, and you shouldn't be either. This is my bet of the weekend. My bet of the weekend was, was Purdue plus three and a half. 
But then I read an OutKick article, and I'm like, all right, I'm taking it. I am. I'm taking it. But I don't really know. Give me Ohio State. They're going to get to 40, and my toes are going to be tapping. All right? Next. I think we might go 6-0. Is there 6 here? 2 four, six. No, I'm not doing the backyard brawl. Literally nobody cares about the backyard brawl. Are you insane? Pittsburgh and West Virginia. There's like eight people that care. I mean, when Pittsburgh's on my television, not the Steelers. I like watching the Steelers. But when Pittsburgh's on my television, I literally go, all right. Man. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I do. <laughs> so, No. Next up on the docket, ladies and gentlemen, LSU minus three against Florida State. If you think for a second that I am not betting on Brian Kelly to beat Florida State, you're out of your mind. Florida State, and I cannot believe I'm going to say this, is used to losing. They have one squat. Yeah, you can tell me about Mike Norvell. Yeah, you can tell me of his greatness. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can tell me all you want about all of that. I'm going to simply tell you this. Brian Kelly doesn't lose to mediocre teams. Now, you can think he does. You can be mad at Brian Kelly. You can say, oh, I didn't like that accent. God bless you. Oh, what's he doing? He's a northerner in a southern city. Well, so was Nick Saban. How'd that work out? Pretty good at LSU. Don't give me none of that crap. Don't give me none of this external crap. Everybody seems to think that the problem last year at LSU was not players. It was Ed Orgeron allegedly trying to stoop whatever he could stoop. Kids on the field, girlfriends, I mean, just Ed Orgeron became a what? A brand, a thing, a star instead of the old coach. He started believing his own stuff. He became a superstar in the media. And he believed it. He forgot to coach. Forgot what he was there for. I understand it. I do. I understand it. I ain't mad at him. I ain't. LSU minus uh, minus three against Florida State. I'm going to take today. I'm going to take tomorrow. I'm going to take it to the next day. Brian Kelly don't lose those games. And let's also be honest, Brian Kelly is being smart. You can think he's not. Brian Kelly is being really smart. He's not letting Florida State find out who his quarterback is. Now, the dummies in the media go, oh, that's crap. Oh, that's garbage. No, they're not going to know. They're going to know anyway. That's stupid. No, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Because I don't give a damn what any of these coach-killing media dudes think. I don't care even a little bit. What you want, fellas, is you want uncertainty in the other program. Particularly a program that hasn't shown itself to be any good. I mean, let me ask you a question. Do you think Mike Norvell's any good? Do you? I mean, maybe he is. Maybe you think so. But I'm going to give you this. ESPN has this as a 72.5 matchup predictor. 70, basically two and a half. 
50% chance to win on a three-point spread against a team that's used to losing. Now, I wouldn't bet the first half on this. No. Here's what happens. Teams that are used to losing, like Florida State, and I can't even believe I'm saying that, and if you're my age, you're like, how could that possibly be? This team was in the top five every year, seemingly for two decades. But teams that are used to losing will come out and play well. They usually do. They're fired up. Yay, Rod, go fight, win. And then, as the game goes on, doubt. As the game goes on, cracks. They don't believe. All of a sudden, something bad happened. Really? Oh, man, didn't see that coming. I've coached teams like that. I've played teams like that. I've been on teams like that. It is what it is. You don't like it. You're embarrassed by it. So don't bet the first half in this game. Do not do that. Or if you're going to, I'd take Florida State. Probably come out, play pretty well. Don't take it. Take the game. Over the course of the game, Florida State will crap the bed at a significant time, and Brian Kelly will do what Brian Kelly does, and that is beat a team that isn't great. They will. All right. Let's move on, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, this is the segment we call America's Greatest College Football Picks. All right. Arkansas, minus six and a half over Cincinnati. Cincinnati, interesting. They got a quarterback who may play. Nobody's been announced. That went to Eastern Michigan, threw for 3,200 yards. Now he's back. It's one of those deals where he played. Saw Desmond Ritter in front of him. Said, screw this. I'm leaving. Then he's going to come back. That kind of thing. You know what I mean? Well, that's great. Okay, that's great, but you're not good enough. Look, Arkansas is on the rise. Sam Pittman as a coach seems to be, seems to be one of those guys that his players love, that his players rally around. That's number one. The speed of Arkansas was evident at different times last year. I like Cincinnati. Look, hey, stop it. Coach Fickle, Luke Fickle, fantastic coach. Not kind of good, really good. You could make an argument that the job he did putting Cincinnati in the college football playoff is the best coaching job in the history of the college football playoff, and I don't think anybody would argue with you. But you lose first-rounder, Sauce Gardner, gone. Your quarterback, gone. And you're going into Arkansas. And here's the other deal, and don't discount that. Don't discount what I'm about to tell you. The handle success factor. Handling success is hard. Handling success is, well, the detriment of, I already told you, Ed Orgeron. Cincinnati, great success. Cincinnati, oh man, everywhere they went, I can't believe how great you guys were. Blah, 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 blah. That's hard to overcome. And it's even harder when your leader, Desmond Ritter, is gone. I don't anticipate Cincinnati playing very well. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't. I I don't think Cincinnati is going to keep this very close. I think Cincinnati is going to get run out of the building at some point in the game. Now, 
the only reason that I'm even a little bit, a little bit sheepish on this is because Luke Fickle is a great coach. Luke Fickle will absolutely uh, have his guys, I think, ready. I think he will have and, and has had a team that he has been talking to about the very thing that I am talking to you about. But I'm telling you, it is hard, man. It is hard as hell to get people to understand. They listen. I'm sorry, they hear, but do they listen? I I, got to tell you, last year I talked to Tom Allen all the time about it. All the time. I mean, I talked to him. All of a sudden, Indiana, for the first time ever, man, was getting accolades. And Coach Allen and I would talk, and he's like, I'm trying, Dan. I swear to God, we're doing all this stuff. It's hard, particularly when it's your first real time in the spotlight. Luke Fickle talking about his quarterback says, I don't think there's any reason to talk about it. I don't know that it does any good for our team. It doesn't do anything good for the opponents and for the preparation of our game. He has not announced his quarterback. Ben Bryant, senior, the kid who transferred in, or sophomore Evan Prather. Third-round pick, Desmond Ritter, gone, leader. I don't think you're going to be a new quarterback unless you got some serious you-know-whats. Go into a, a really, really, really charged Arkansas team. In fact, this may be my biggest bet. We're going to win some money this week. I'm telling you, you are. This is a good week for us. This is. This is a big week for us. And if you bet it right, this could be a mortgage week for us. If you bet it wrong, this could be a DoorDash. We'll call it mortgage week or DoorDash week. Mortgage means we can pay the mortgage. DoorDash means I got to go DoorDash to pay off my debt. This is a mortgage week. And I'm going to make it such that we bet this right. All right? Last one. Look. This is hard for me. Because you got a new coach in Colorado State. You got a coach in Colorado State that has won wherever he's been. You got a coach in Colorado State that people believe it. I'm going to take 30 points. I feel like Michigan, I, I don't know. I feel, I, I, I feel like Michigan doesn't beat teams by 30 points, 31 points, particularly in openers. Now, they're doing that whole biblical quarterback thing, right? They're doing the whole uh, Cade McNamara, not Cade, no, Cade McNamara, this game. Um, then they're doing J.J. McCarthy, next game. Solomon is quoted, that kind of thing. I got to tell you, I love this game. I, 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 Jay Norvell is a coach that's going to sling it. Now, if they throw the ball to the other team, it's going to be a problem. And when you play in the big house and you play against Michigan, you might just throw uh, the ball to the other team. And you can't get out physical. Like Michigan's going to try to smack you in the head. Norvell is one of those guys. He's got the air raid going, man. They're throwing. We'll see what happens. The guy that he replaced, Adazio, worked for Urban. He worked at Indiana. I've known... Coach Adazio, a long time. He's an old school guy. Let's run the ball. Let's play defense. 
This is totally different. How much have they acquiesced to his scheme? Look, I could see this being a 42 to 10 game. You know, and we lose. I could. But I'm taking it. And I'm taking it because I just don't think. I just don't think Michigan beats an explosive team. And I think when you're the head coach and your name is Jay Norvell and you're coming into Colorado State and there is some talent there. They got a first-round pick on defense. I just don't think that you're going to stop. Like, I don't think you're going to, let's say you get down 42 to 10. I think you're going to keep throwing against the twos of Michigan. I think you're going to keep trying to score. I could see it being 42 to 10, then all of a sudden, guess what? Touchdown, 42-17, our toes are tapping. I think 30 and a half is a lot. Now, whenever I see these things, I say to myself what every slap gambler says. Hey, man, they build those big places in Vegas. Not out of you winning. They know what they're doing. Yeah, I know that. I do. I do. But they also screw up lines about once or twice a week. I do. Anyway, uh, we shall see what we shall see. You know, one of the things that I think that you have to do in this is decide how you want to bet it. I think these six bets are going to win us money. In fact, I know they are. That's a stupid thing to say. But you got to figure out, how are you betting? Man, I'm an Notre Dame alum. I don't know nothing about betting, but I'm going to take them on the money line because that's my team. All right, you're going to lose. See, I like, I have a friend, Alan Cashman. Alan Cashman comes on my show. He's coming on today on my indie show. Why? Because he only bets games that he researches and really likes, and that's what I've done with this six. I would love to bet Indiana. Look, there's a lot of Indiana fans watching this show. There's a lot of Indiana fans on the uh, YouTube chat. I would love to tell Indiana fans, hey, man, this is what we got to do. We got to bet IU, but I can't. IU has lost me so much money. They never, in fact, all right, Jennifer, bet Indiana. That's, that's a sign to bet the other way. Look, there's a ton that you can bet on, and you probably have your own thing. Like, I'll tell you one game that I think I'm going to bet. Appalachian State's really good, right? Isn't that what we all believe? All I hear about is Mac Brown, Mac Brown this, Mac Brown that, Mac Brown this. Mac Brown's the greatest coach in the world. Mac Brown, Mac Brown, Mac Brown. All right. You can't beat Appalachian State? I, I don't know. You can't, you can't beat them? You, you, you're not beating App State? And you're a one-point dog? At App State? Okay. You've already played a game? Uh to me, uh, you're North Carolina. Boone, North Carolina is where App State is. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, you got a quarterback named Drake May. He's supposed to be the guy. I'm going to take that one, too. I'm not putting it on my official list. I should, but let's be honest. Let's be totally honest. Uh... If Mac Brown can't beat App State, he shouldn't be the coach of North Carolina. I don't give a damn how good App State is. You ever been to North Carolina? Holy hell. I used to do segments with Mark Packer. Mark Packer, Billy Packer's son and I would do a Wednesday segment on Sirius XM Radio. 
And it was always Mac Brown this, Mac Brown that. And I'm like, what's Mac Brown won other than one game? He won, he won in Texas. He did great. But damn, all I ever hear, Mac Brown, Mac Brown, Mac Brown. Okay. All right. One point dog, one point favorite at Appalachian State. Boone, North Carolina. You're North Carolina. I've been to North Carolina. There isn't anything that you need, basketball, baseball, softball, football, I don't care, when you're coaching at North Carolina. Damn. Nice that he's going to Boone. Nice that he's going up there. But holy cow. And by the way, do yourself a favor. Right now. Right now, this moment. Get on DraftKings. Go to DraftKings right now. Get on the DraftKings app and make the six bets that I am giving you. Purdue, plus three and a half. Purdue, Penn State, over 53. Ohio State, this is the one I really like, over 38 and a half total team points. Team points, not game points. You can't get that. Uh, LSU, minus three against Florida State. Arkansas, minus six and a half against Cincinnati. Colorado State, plus 30 and a half against Michigan. And when you do it and you are a new customer, you bet, you, you put the money in, you bet $5, and you get $200 in free bets instantly. It says it right there, right next to Kevin Hart. It does. So what you're going to do is bet $5, win that, and then you're going to get $200. And if you bet these right here, your toes, as we say in the business, your toes are going to be tapping, baby. All right, we come back. The great Danny Mullen joins us. Can't wait to talk to the coach on his new job, the state of college football, and whatever the hell else he wants to talk about. We'll be right back. I was telling Coach Coach Mullen I was feeling like a stalker. Like, the one bad thing about these jobs is I got to, you know, get guests and I'm like a damn stalker. If you knew me back 100 years ago, you're probably getting a text from me saying, hey, come on my show. Coach, how the <laughs> hell are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. The, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we moved the family uh, up here. To, we live in a place called Reynolds at Lake Oconee up in, uh, in Georgia, a lake house we've had for a long time. And uh, so it went from my quick escape lake house playing golf, being on the boat all day, uh, escape house to my everyday living house now of being on the lake in the boat all day. Coach, I got to tell you, my wife, we moved to the lake. And while it's great, there's something about water that makes me put a beer in my hand. I, it's like one begets the other. It's amazing how that attracts you. And you're either sitting out of the pool, sitting on the dock. You know, it, it is hard to watch the sunset go down. Uh, on the lake with, without, you know, I mean, a nice glass of wine. I, I think it's healthier, right? I mean, I always view it that way. I maybe get a glass of convince myself of my glass of wine. It's really just like kind of fruit juice. So um, the uh, so I, I, I try to keep it healthier that way. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, hey, as I tell my wife, I'm going to work out during the day. But, hey, I've read <laughs> studies. A glass of wine's good for you. So it'll be, <laughs> hey, coach, right? talk hey. to me. 
they they can they convince you, right? I keep that study. The studies always change, right? Like one year, a glass of wine's good. The next year, you should drink coffee. The next year, only water. So I just keep the glass of wine one on save right there. So like, I just I'll, I'll wait till that one recycles through again. That's exactly right, Coach. Um, you you just I, I assume the deal is done. You're going to ESPN. Good for you and good for them. What's your role? What's your role going to be there? So right now I'm right now I'm in studio on Saturdays. We're wrapping all the games on Saturdays. So I'll be on pregame, halftime. Uh, so last Saturday my, was my first day there, and we go in studio. And you know this time of year, even though it's week zero, uh, I, I learned pretty quickly how the whole thing works. That we're there and like, okay, we're going to get ready for, you know, there, there's going to be a five-minute break between these two games that you guys are going to go on, talk a highlight or two. And then the next thing you hear in the in your ear is, oh, boy, the, the game we're waiting to finish just went into rain delay. So we're taking over early from that one. And then all of a sudden you hear in the ear a minute later, the next game's going into rain delay too. So we, I think we're, you know, everybody everybody getting ready and excited for college football clicked in, and there we are just doing the highlights for about an hour and a half in between the games. And uh, But it, it was, you know what? Uh, on your first day, it was a lot of fun. I thought, boy, I got to get on for more than just the quick halftime. I'm on TV. This is pretty fun. This is exciting and cool. So um, it, it's great. I'll be up there this weekend. I'll be in Bristol. We got the uh, on. Uh, we're, I'm on ABC this week. So you get to get the big ones. I could go. We can start with uh, Michigan, Colorado State, and then lead into Georgia, Oregon, uh, which is going to be a huge game. And then get to wrap it up with the big one of the weekend and one of the biggest ones of the season with the. Uh, the Notre Dame-Ohio State game. I remember talking to Lee Fitting, and I'm sure you know Lee now. Lee, I remember telling Lee that you would be an absolute natural if it ever came to that. I, I worked for Lee. He was a college basketball guy for a long time. Was it weird not coaching? Has it been odd for you not to have a team right now? You know what? I, I actually, the, the, the my son's playing on the middle school team here in um, at Lake Oconee Academy, and I went – I got, to, you know, I, I kind of I'm around a little bit with the football. So they asked me to say a couple words. And I, I thought back the, the last time I wasn't on the field, either playing or coaching uh, was 1985, I think, you know, without pads on. And, um, you know, when I was in playing, played flag football back then. So I wasn't like on the even though I was still playing, I wasn't out there with the pads on. In 1985, to me, in my back of my mind, that, you know, I listened to the 80s network, right? I mean, I, I love my 80s music. So that doesn't really seem that long ago. And then I looked and the <laughs> oldest coach on staff would say, yeah, I wasn't even born then either. And I'm like, okay, so it's, it's been quite a while since I haven't been out there. But you know what? It's a lot of, it, it, you do, there, there's so many of the, as you know, there's so many of the things you miss, Um you know, being out there, you know, being, being around the staff and the camaraderie, being up around the team, you know, the, the practice game day, the excitement, the energy, some of that. But it, but I think it's a lot of the behind the scene things as a head coach that, you know, that occupy your life. And I, I think people don't realize, I mean, it's 24, seven, 365. And so I don't miss maybe a lot of the little issues that have taken you away from your family. And it, it, maybe that's not the best way to put it is it's not that you don't miss it. It's that I really appreciate how the time I've got to spend with my family, you know, all the things that I've missed. And uh, right after I was let go of Florida, it was a really unique deal. My, I went to my son's basketball game 
and he was playing middle school basketball. And, he, you know, we're driving home from the game. And he's like, hey, Dad, thanks. I know you've never been able to come to my games before because you're always so busy. Thank you for coming to my game. You know, and that really changes a little perspective on life sometimes that I, I, I don't mind um, getting to appreciate it. I'm going to be, be up in, on, ES, on uh, ABC this weekend. But I'm going to be at my son's middle school football game tonight. I'll be cheering, enjoying it, watching it, hang out with them. And then I get to leave in the morning. And those are things I've never been able to do in the past. You get nervous watching your kids? Yeah, Megan, last week, it was his first game. So he's never I mean, he's never played. He, he was on, you know, in, in sixth and seventh grade when we lived in Florida, where he was at private schools. So he was on the varsity golf team. And I said, there's no way you're playing middle school golf when you're a varsity, high school varsity golfer. Well, here in Georgia, golf's a spring sport. So I said, all right, you get to play football for the first time. So Megan has pictures of me, my wife, Megan, like last week, I had my plastic water bottle or drinking in the stadium and I'm standing by myself at the top of the bleachers. Um, you know, I'm just kind of chewing on my water bottle and uh, up there. And at the end of the game, there really wasn't much left of the water bottle. She said, you just sat there by yourself. She's like, you're such a freak. You're up there chewing this water bottle for the entire game. And I said, well, listen, that was his first game ever. So I'm going to be way more relaxed this week going up watching the game. But I listen, I, I've coached in, in championship games, big games, all of that. I've caddied for them. And, you know, with, with your kids, I've been out there caddying. There is nothing – more tense situation I've better ever been in your life, you know, than watching your son with a 10 foot putt to win a tournament, you know? And uh, I mean, I'm just there. And he's like, what do you think? And I'm like, what do you think? Because you know, you got this read way more than me. And I just hand him the towel and grab the towel from him. And I stand back and, and watch him go. But that's, that's a lot more stressful uh, than, than me being out there in control of the games on Saturday. Uh, any offer from the live tour for your son? I mean, look, they're offering everybody big money, man. I mean, you're talking about a middle schooler playing varsity golf. Let's go. Live yeah. Tour. He, yeah. He, you gotta be careful with him. You know, I don't, I, I don't go out. He, I don't play. I, if I go out with him, I, I try to play for fun. Cause I don't let money get involved when I play for him. Cause I, I already give him enough money right there. He doesn't need to take golf money from me either. Hey, Coach, what happened at Florida? In your mind, you've had time to look back, reflect. What, what happened there? You know what? I, I, I think, you know, we went to three straight New Year's Six Bowl games. And going into the season last year, I think we knew we were going to be in a little bit of a rebuilding year. I thought this year we'd have, we'd have some talent to compete again. But I, I think you knew you are kind of going into a little bit of a rebuilding year. We have some success early. Um, and... So I think everybody, it all of a sudden turns that, hey, you know, boy, boy, we're right there. We almost beat Alabama in the swamp. We're not that far, you know, we're not that far off. Uh, maybe it's not a rebuilding year. And, uh, you know, we had some inj a couple of injuries here and there. You know, I mean, we had uh, and some talented players and, and some talented players got banged up. And, and, you know, I think sometimes with the momentum on the team, um, it started turning. You know, and it went from with with a lot of teams, you know, it went from the, hey, we're, we're not very far off. We're just inches away to what is the next thing that bad that's going to happen to us. And, and I think that's something that really can happen fast on teams behind the scenes instead of, 
hey, I'm going to make the play to win the game. I can't, you know, this, we're, we're going to find a way to pull this out. It's everybody kind of looking around at each other. And yet we had, you had some, a, a little bit of a younger team and you guys looking around at each other saying, uh oh, you know, here we go again. What's bad going to happen? Hey, there's, you know, instead of how are we going to win this game, what's going to happen that we're going to lose this game? And it really started to slide for us down the end with the team. And, and you know, in, in today's college football, uh, you know, it's not what did you do over the last couple of years? It's what did you do last week? And, you know, and, and so kind of slid away from us. And, and the, uh, the administration decided they wanted to make a change. Is there a difference? Like, I remember Urban calling me. He's like undefeated. And he calls me one Sunday night. And he goes, hey, make me laugh. I go, what are you talking about? You're like undefeated, man. You, you know, I'm just sitting at home. I'm a two-bit broadcast. He goes, no, no, no. This job is crazy. Make me laugh. Is there a difference in the even in the SEC in in the pressure of a Florida job, even as compared to a Mississippi State? Or, you know, are there levels there in the SEC coaching world? I don't. I pressure might be the 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 expectation level maybe is, is a little bit of a difference, but I, I think you can sway that. You know, I, when I got to Mississippi state, uh, I, I remember, you know, showing up there and they said, Hey, you know what, we're going to enjoy winning. You know, I, I when I left Florida, um, we just won the, the second national championship in 2008, you know, and the, and the pressures as a coach, I, I remember meeting and it was a great, great question uh, that Greg Byrne asked me and um, during the interview. And he said, hey, when's the last time that you enjoyed winning a game? And I said, and we were, you know, we saw the, the, the national championship game ahead of us. We just won the SEC championship game. And I said, I, you know, I think about two years ago when we won the national title, because winning was more of a relief than uh, than exciting, you know, because we're expected to win every single game. So, well, you know, what? you're going to come here to Mississippi State and we're going to find a way uh, to enjoy winning. It's like sun. Look at that sun dot. See that sun dot on my face right there? I'm trying to avoid it. Um, <laughs> uh, so, it, you know, it, it was one of those things when you got to Mississippi State, we got there and said, hey, we're going to enjoy winning. If we, if we can get to a bowl game every once in a while, that's going to be fantastic. Well, you know, you know, as a coach, too. And I said, well, in the back of my mind, that sounds great, but I want to win. You know, I, I will. I, I can't wait to enjoy winning. But going to a bowl game every once in a while to me is maybe not not what it's all about. I really want to enjoy winning. So we got there and then we started winning. We we go to the number one team in the country. And I think, you know what, the fan bases, you know, they went from maybe a, a, a gourmet burger to a filet mignon right there when you become the number one team in the country. The fan base likes that. And even the expectations at Mississippi State started to change. It's like, hey, we want it. I like this stakeover. I want to compete for championships every year. I like being in the top 10. I like going to big bowl games. This, this is a lot of fun. And so I think you you kind of can build those expectations. And, and at Florida, you know, the expectations changed um, with Steve Spurrier. He kind of changed that. The fans got a taste of points, offense, winning, all of these things going on. And they really like that. And so um, I think that's where the pressure changes, if you will, more than maybe, hey, this job is a, it, it kind of can go through cycles. Right. And, and Florida had been down when I got there. We go to three straight New Year's six bowl games. You know, and the fan base said, hey, we're I, I kind of enjoy this. Now, that was good. But we want to go to even bigger. We want the championships. We want the rings. We want 
We, we really want this. And that's where all the pressures come from. And the Southeastern Conference is probably a little bit different than a lot of other conferences because they're really every single fan base in that league expects championships and wants championships, you know, and um, I grew up in New, in New England. And, uh, you know, I was born in in, Pens- in, uh, in Philadelphia, but I grew up up in New Hampshire, you know, and, and up in New Hampshire, college football is maybe something you do on a Saturday. But, you know, my, we were asking like all the football games in the South high school games and, and my mom's in town visiting and she says, oh, when, when's the high school game? They play Friday. They play Saturday. I said, we're in the South. High school's Friday. College is Saturday. But you go up to New England, you know, there's we played a lot of high school games on Saturday because it was just a, you know, that's what you do. And Sunday was about the Patriots or different days were about. Oh, man, between Georgia and Indianapolis, I don't know. We got to get better internet. Actually, power in my house late. just went off for whatever reason was. Hey, yeah, you that were late, talking that about, late hey, life living right now. Co- <laughs> right? You're at we're the number lake. one in the country. All of a sudden, the fans are like, we want to be in the top 10, coach. That's where I lost you. I thought that was fascinating what you were saying. It is. I think I think a lot of the fan bases, right, when they get to taste that 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 success, that changes the pressure of individual jobs. You know, so if, if you go back and you look at the, the Florida uh, really changed uh, under Steve Spurrier. And, you know, the fans got a taste of winning championships and they really like that. You know, then it kind of there was a, a dip and then Urban came in. We won championships while we were there. Uh, then there was this dip. And, um, you know, we go to the Florida fans expect championships, expect to win. We, we win, uh, go to three New Year's Six Bowl games. They get excited. They think we're back. I want those steak dinners again. I'm, I'm tired of the hot dogs and hamburgers. Um, you know, so I think when you look at the pressures of different jobs and the pressures of jobs, really changed by who set certain expectations, right? And, you know, even even at Mississippi State, I think when I got to Mississippi State, uh, the pressure of the job was very different than it is today. You know, Mike Leach comes into a situation now where it it was not let's get to some bowl games. They expect to go to bowl games and then let's see what's next. And uh, I think once all the fan bases start to experience success and winning and what that feels like, that changes the pressure of the job. So we we can change the pressure ourselves. Uh, but but I, I do think the Southeastern Conference is different. You know, I, I just think football in the South is different. Every school here expects to win a championship um, when you're in the South in the SEC. Every fan base expects to win a championship every single year. And football, you know, growing up in New Hampshire – a lot of the sports revolved around, you know, the Red Sox the, the, in football. It's the Patriots. Um, you know, high school football is played on Friday or Saturday. High school football in the South is played on Friday. Saturday is college football. And then if everybody is wakes up in time, maybe they'll catch an NFL game on Sunday if they have time. But in the South, it's all about college football. And I think that adds to the pressure and it adds to the expectations uh, because that's 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 really where where it starts is college football in the South. You know, I, I tell this story. I was doing a Wisconsin-Florida basketball game for ESPN, and I'm walking off the court, and there were these two boosters from Florida. Like, I'm just trying to get home, right? I'm not, you know, I'm just walking <laughs> to my car. And this guy comes up. He goes, well, your guy, your buddy Urban's a punk. And I go, all right. <laughs> like, you know, you know. <laughs> 
Whenever anybody it, does that, I'm a big guy, and I just kind of laugh like, you know, all right, you know. No, you know, he, he left us, and he should have left, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, you know, you did win a few national championships. You did, you know, have some of the greatest players in the history, some of the greatest teams, the greatest coaches, including you. I remember mentioning you and other guys. No, that's crazy. You know, this dude was, like, wanting to fight. And I, it got to the point, Dan, where I – I thought I was going to fight a guy on the court uh, over a program that, you know, but that Ted, from 10 years earlier, home, like <laughs> it hit me you, going, these people are nuts, man. These people are crazy. Right. Well, Can you be a normal I, guy you, as a coach at Florida? Well, no, I mean, it, 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 it is something that, um, I think every job is very unique, but it is like my, a lot of my friends would come to visit and I have to, I said, Hey, you have to understand in new England terms or Northeast terms, every time you step on the field, it's Yankees, Red Sox, you know, I mean, that is the feeling that people have. And so it is, uh, you know, it's a, it is a high pressure. It's an important job, you know, Hey, it's about a, it's about a six inch gap right between a pat on the back and a kick in the, you know, the rear end right there. Right. And if you win, you get the pack pat on the, and it might be, you fall six inches short of that goal line. It goes from a pat on the back to a kick in the rear end and, and the fan bases, you know, you, you either, you know, you go out in public, you're walking down the street and the fans, when you win, it's the greatest thing in the world. And when you lose, it's like you walked up under their front yard and kicked their dog off the porch. You know what I mean? It's that personal to everybody. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it, it, but that's, that's what makes it so great. You know, one of the greatest thing about coaching in the Southeastern conference and being here is that it's important to everybody, you know? Um, and you start living that lifestyle. We went, it was kind of crazy. It was, it was, I mean, it was a ways back now, but for my 10th anniversary, my wife and I went to Greece where we went for our honeymoon. Um, so this is back, back about seven, eight years ago now. And uh, I was at Mississippi state and, you know, everything can, you know, I mean, this, the whole state revolves around, you know, the Mississippi state old miss game is like, uh, I mean, that is, that's a, that's a year's worth of bragging rights, you know, of, of, for everybody in the state of how important it is. And I went there and we're, I'm, we're out at dinner. I'm looking around. I said, I don't know if anybody here really cares about SEC football. And that's that I couldn't grasp that. I said, I said, you mean there's people in the world that don't care about SEC football? <laughs> and, you know, I'm like, maybe, there might even be a country here of people that really could care less who won the Egg Bowl last year. And it, it, that just didn't compute to me. I'm like, it, it, it's, a, it's a different feeling when you get out of the South because that's all that matters. Are you one of those guys? Do you have to coach? Will you go back to coaching? You know what? I, 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 I'll never say never, um, but I'm really enjoying my life right now. You know, I mean, my, I have, I have a 13 year old son and a 10 year old daughter. Uh, you know, I, I really enjoy being on the, uh, the TV side and the analyze analyst side, because you're still involved in the game. Uh, you're around it. You know, you do miss the impact you make with the players, but Hey, I'm going over and, and talking to these high school kids and helping them out. And you still talk to a lot of your former players. I was talking to some of my former players yesterday. Uh, so you're still involved in the game, but you do realize how much of life sometimes you miss out on of, of your family and those things. So 
Um, I don't, I don't know if I will. I, I'm really, you know, I, I, you were talking about urban. I talked to urban the other day, you know, and, and um, you do realize that there's a lot more out there. I, I do, uh, you know, as a former coach and that a lot of people, maybe they don't get of, of, of it. It consumes not just your life, your family's life. It, it's, it, it's not a, it's not your job. It's not a career. It's a way of life. I mean, it completely consumes every aspect of your life and your family's life. And everyone is all in. It, it, you don't work and go home. It, it's 24, 7, 365. And so, you know, I've really started to enjoy the other aspects of things and my family and, and some other things. So I don't know if I will or not. Do you think or will you, uh, will you have a problem analyzing slash being critical of coaches? You know, I, I won't, but I, I'm, I'm going to, I always try to be fair about it. Right. Of the different situations. Right. Because, um, you know, there was, there was a situation last week in the game last week, the, the Nebraska Northwestern game. Right. And, you know, Scott Frost tried an onside kick up 11 in the third quarter. Um, you know, it's very easy to point the figure and say that's a that's a really poor decision. But I'm able to look at the situation and say, hey, you know, that, that there was a big gap. The guard on, you know, there's the front line. You can call them like a front line. There's a center, a guard, and a tackle on the kickoff return team. They were playing the guard really deep. The tackle was wide. They had it spaced out to get to tackle wide. The center was in tight. There was a gap. They're up 11, and he, he felt like they had just seized momentum. They're going to try to capitalize in that moment. If they recover the kick and score again, probably game over. You know, he ended the game in the middle of the third quarter. And, you know, what people look and say, oh, you know, they didn't get it. Momentum switch. They end up losing the game. What a terrible call by the coach. Or you can go circle the kid from Northwestern right in the middle of the screen. The center makes an unbelievable play doesn't flinch, doesn't move. The kick did not get as wide as it as it should have, but he made a spectacular play. So it, it's so easy to go be critical of it. And you know what? Did he need to do it at that moment? No, but did was well, am I okay with the call? Yes, because he thought I'm going to go take a shot and try to put the game away right now. It didn't work for him. So I don't mind it because maybe I see it through maybe a little different eyes and I'm not just going to go out and point the finger and say, that's a terrible call. I'm going to explain the, the why and the why not maybe of why you, why in that situation, what the coach was thinking in that situation. And this is why he made the decision. And that's why it's not easy to be a coach. you got to make those decisions on the fly. And if it works, you're a genius. And if it doesn't, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're dumb. And that that's, that's a lot of, you know, the fans view it as, as purely black and white, but there's a lot that goes into it. See, this is why I think you're going to be really, really good, or you are really good, because, I mean, let, let me go back. I mean, you guys, I don't know, when, I, when, when you were at Bowling Green and, and you guys were getting started, hell, you went for two damn near. I remember you went for two to beat Northwestern. I think your first game was at Missouri. You're doing – you invented, did you not, the Tebow jump pass? I mean, you guys – you were never afraid as an offensive coordinator, I didn't feel like anyway from far away, to do something different. Like, hey, look, the Tebow jump pass could have gone bad 100 different ways, I'm sure. 
in the oh, biggest yeah. of moments, but you put it in, it works. It's legend. Well, I, you know what? I think we were really unfortunate. You know, if you look at the staff we had, they were had a great staff back at Bowling Green and Urban's a first time head coach. Uh, he had a lot of young coaches on the staff and, you know, we kind of, uh, the, you know, I, I, we, we didn't copyright it um, maybe, but we're kind of one of the founders of the spread offense that now is basically at every level of football, you know, from, from, you know, uh, Pop Warner football and, and peewee football all the way through the NFL. Um, you know, and, and we kind of looked and, you know, Kevin Wilson was doing some things at Northwestern and Rich Rod was doing his version and Joe Tiller at Purdue, their staff had some things and we kind of went and studied that stuff and put our own, own little deal on it. But, you know, one of the great things being at Bowling Green, as you were saying about pressure, is we were able to really kind of experiment outside the box without having to deal with the critical pressure and scrutiny of everybody just saying, that's bad, that's not going to work, that's stupid, uh, on a daily basis. Um, and we've realized that, hey, if you get outside the box thinking, uh, you know, I remember we'd sit in a, in a meeting room, someone would come up with an idea and urban like, okay, hey, show it to me on tape. And we're like, hey, I don't, I've never seen anybody do this. So I, we just kind of came up with it. What do you think about trying it? And we, we kind of bought into all of that. And, you know, as we evolved, as we grew, we realized let's get outside the box. Let's try things that other people aren't doing. Um, and it was really successful for us. We had, we had some, some really talented coaches and we spent a lot of time and it wasn't just like, hey, let's try something on a whim. We'd research it. We'd try it. We'd test it out. We'd walk it through uh, and experiment with it. And there's some things that, that you know, that that didn't make the cut that ended up on the, uh, you're right, on the cutting room floor. And there's some things that really changed the game. And, you know, you get into the, you know, the, the Tebow jump pass, which if people studied actually was a Ben Moa jump pass. He was our tight end at Utah on the two-point conversion to win the Air Force game in double overtime. Um, we run the jump pass with it. You know, we, we, we didn't have a Tebow, you know, we had Alex Smith and, you know, they weren't going to be really scared of Alex Smith pounding the ball up in between the tackles. So we put in the tight end for short yardage and he threw the jump pass to, to win that game. And, and like, Hey, if you're looking at it and say, if he's in, everyone's just going to just dive into the line of scrimmage to stop this big giant tight end Ben Moa from, from scoring. And he just jumped and flipped it to the back of the end zone. And, uh, and we win the game on a two point conversion. So we, we always had fun trying to think outside the box. Well, to your point, I, I, I'm driving back. We beat, I think, Detroit at Detroit, which is a big win for us at Bowling Green. And you guys are playing like Eastern Michigan, and you're 16th in the country at Bowling Green. <laughs> at Bowling and, Green. And, and I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, man, this place is going to be packed. You're playing like a night game. And I looked. And there was like 5,000 people in there. And I remember going over to Urban's house the next day, and I'm like, dude, you got to get the hell out of here. You, you got to go. You got the 16th ranked, you know, like. I think the, got, the tough thing that day, that was our last home game. And unfortunately, it was, I think it was uh, Ohio State, Michigan that day. And so it, okay. was the, it was the diehard Falcon fans. Um, that, that wanted to come see us play as a 16, but you know, it, it was, I'll tell you what, it was, it was, it was such a, a great place. Um, and I'll tell you as a coach, as a coaching staff, 
But but as you know, I mean, there's we had we had such a huge year that year with Josh Harris at quarterback, some great players, um, and it was it was a lot of fun. It was we had so much fun there. But we had fun as young coaches getting to experiment. Now, you know, you go to the Floridas of the world, and you know that I don't know if they're into as much experimenting there right there. They they kind of want <laughs> they want the results already. <laughs> Are you allowed in Georgia? I know you're living in Georgia, but isn't that a little dangerous coming from Florida, being the coach to living in Georgia? Well, I will say this, you know, when I was at Mississippi state, people were very friendly to me here on the lake. Uh, I went to Florida and uh, a lot changed at my, at the lake, you know, I mean, everyone wasn't quite as friendly anymore. Uh, you know, now that I'm on TV, it's kind of, swayed a little bit you know I, I right right now I get uh, you know people come up to me and you get the, the go whoever I'm like yeah go whoever I don't care I'm a fan of everybody I'm a fan of college football these days right now you know I'm I, I, I'm go whoever these days so um you know my, my son and I were trying to figure out who we're going to root for this year who, who our teams are so um and I, I, a, a lot, you know, I mean, Hey, I, I'm going to, I'm going to cheer for the kids of Florida because I think I love the guys on the team. You know, you cheer for your players. And like I do in the NFL, everybody always come up to me like, all right, who's your favorite NFL team? I said, I don't know. I, so I, I cheer for my players. So I, you know, I'm going to cheer for this offense, this defense, this special teams. That's who I'm going to cheer for my former players when they play uh, as a fan. I just like to enjoy the game. And so it's going to be fun and they'll be different. The first time in a long time that that I'm just I don't have a team I'm cheering for in college football. I'm cheering for everybody, just cheering for some of the players. Hey man, your man Dak Prescott's so good. Jerry Jones just cut every other quarterback. He said to hell with it. We're getting rid of all the quarterbacks. Dak's our guy. I, I saw that one. <laughs> Dak better stay healthy right now. You know uh, the, uh, the I, I did see that one the other day, but you know. It's interesting. Dak is in a, I mean, a people, everyone gets around him. I mean, that's, that's the ultimate leader right there. And so I, I'm a, I am a big Cowboys fan because of Dak and I'm trying to figure it out. My, my son's already said it's opening night in, uh, in, in, in Dallas with the, uh, the Buccaneers coming to game. So my, my son's already, he's on me. He's like, Hey, how are we getting to the game? I said, let me see what the, the ESPN schedule is real quick. And then we're going to, we'll figure out a way to get out there to the game. Tell Megan hello. Tell her thanks for saying hello. Dan, this is great, man. This is a lot of fun. I can't thank you enough. Always, always great to see you. Always great. You know, you, you have so much fun with sports, with every aspect of it. And, you know, we're watching, you know, Meg, no matter who you're covering their game and during basketball season, if you're on, we're watching the game. So the uh, Meg's like, oh, Dan's on. we got to watch the game. So we, uh, we tune in to watch every week during the season. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. Tell everybody hello. Awesome. All right. We'll see you soon. That is Dan Mullen. He's the best. I'm telling you, he's going to be great. Not going to be great. He probably already is. I didn't get a chance to see him last week. But I promise you, he is going to be great on ESPN. He's going to be someone that you're going to be like, damn. Like, that's pretty good. Like, what he was talking about with the entire, you know, uh, Northwestern deal, that's exactly how a coach should be on TV because you see it and everybody else is mad, right, because Scott Frost did that. Well, 
Dan saw it from the way the play actually went. He's a terrific coach, great coach, great offense coordinator, great quarterback coach back at Bowling Green, obviously at Utah, obviously Mississippi, Florida, Mississippi State. I mean, and, you know, you name it, he was it. Hey, where's my man Jeffrey Clark? Is he here? Is he here, Dylan? Yep, go to break and we'll get him right on. All right, let's go at Outkick Bets, baby. My new BFF. Jeffrey Clark, let's do it. What's up, guys? It's Tommy. And if you missed my last show, you may be experiencing some FOMO. So this is what you missed. We're tired of this uh, attack on children being lumped in with just being inclusive. It's incredibly dangerous. And um, I, I wish you would come and try and say that to us, really, because we stand with Brittany 100%. Um, I'm a tomboy, and I'm still a tomboy. I grew up a tomboy. Um, and I often think as do all of us in our coalition, we constantly talk about how if we were raised right now, we 100% and our parents were a little kooky and believed in this gender cult, we would have 100% A, thought we were trans. We were supposed to be in the other body because of the indoctrination. And our parents likely would have transitioned us and put us on puberty blockers and God knows what else. So um, I'm grateful that I wasn't raised right now because I love being a woman. There wasn't a day in my life where I thought I wanted to be a boy or a man. Um, I'm a proud lesbian. And, you know, what they're doing to these kids, they're ultimately really erasing people like me and, and um, you know, feminine boys or masculine girls. It's OK to be a tomboy. That's one of our main campaigns. We know our woked up friends are all about fighting climate change and preserving Mother Earth, or at least that's what they tell us from the steps of their private planes, or in this case, while overlooking their plush lawns in the hills of drought ridden Southern California. Now, despite Governor Newsom declaring the California drought a historic water emergency, and despite restrictions and fines in place for overuse or for even allowing sprinklers to hit a freaking sidewalk, SoCal celebrities don't feel the rules apply to them. According to the LA Times, these A-listers, Sylvester Stallone, Dwayne Wade, Kevin Hart, Kim, and Kourtney Kardashian were all cited along with 2,000 others for surpassing 150% of their monthly water budgets at least four times since the agency declared a drought emergency at the end of last year. I've got more hot takes every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday night, and you know I'll have some final thoughts at 7 p.m. Eastern right here on Outkick.com. Hey, look, we got... 11 minutes, 12 minutes, whatever we got left on this show, and we got to get you more bets. I've given you six. I'm going to run through them with our expert. Jeffrey Clark joins us at Outkick Bets. That is not Dan Mullen, contrary to what you see underneath uh, his name there. You can go at Outkick Bets, ladies and gentlemen, at G-E-O-F-F-R-E-R-Y. Wait a second. I got the wrong freaking deal here. What am I doing? Uh, E-R-Y <laughs> underscore Clark. Nice enough of you to join us. Hey, you're all in on Purdue still. Are you okay with Purdue and my bet with Purdue? Oh, yeah. I mean, I made the bet. Uh, I have the bet in my account. I placed it yesterday. Um, I was looking to kind of wrap up my handicap for it. And then when I saw your tweet in the morning, I was like, you know what? If this outkick star is riding uh, Purdue, maybe tying that into my article is like the per perfect way to warm up to the outkick listeners. I'm, I'm still new here. This is just my second week on outkick. I'm, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to handicap football um, this whole upcoming season. So um, and and it's good to ride uh, ride with you on Purdue here. I, I, I like 
I like Purdue getting the points at home for various reasons. We'll get into here in a second, but I'm excited about your passion. I'm excited that uh, maybe we can build this little betting bromance. We got a little bromance going. My new BFF joins us. Are you kidding me? <laughs> hey, all right. Um, it's rare, just so you understand. It's rare that somebody actually tweets something nice about me or agrees with me. So it really stood out. Why do you like Purdue in tonight's game? Why do you like him? Well, Aiden O'Connell was a, a monster last year uh, for Purdue, and um, he's just underrated by by the market and by college football fans. I mean, he was the second-best quarterback in, in Big Ten by pretty much every measure. He was the 10th highest-graded uh, Power 5 quarterback by pro football focus, first in big-time rate. Um, I'm a little nervous, obviously, about David Bell um, moving on, but, like, we saw what he could do in the bowl game, the Music City Bowl game against Tennessee. Uh, Purdue's offensive line's pretty good. I think they're going to hold them, uh, or keep them upright and clean against a Penn State pass rush, which doesn't look formidable at all. So I think he's going to dice up uh, a, a new Penn State defense. And uh, I, I think that he's going to, uh, O'Connell's going to take a step forward this year and, and, and have uh, Purdue um, contending for that Big Ten division. Let me ask you, when you look at lines and you look at who you're going to bet on, Purdue is going to have a sellout. It's a blackout. Last time they did and had this kind of energy, it was going back to the Tyler Trent game where they whooped up on Ohio State. How much of that do you allow into your uh, thinking on which side to bet? Well, I kind of do like an ad hoc, like um, handicapping uh, process. Like I, I, I'll just go through a bunch of different factors. I have like 15, 20 open computer tabs and I'll sort through a bunch of stuff and like kind of whatever, whatever stands out to me, I'll, I'll mix into like the handicapping recipe and um, whatever, like it, it spits out as, as, as kind of where I land. So I didn't factor in the, the, the Purdue color scheme and the, and the home situation here, but I did factor in uh, the betting splits. So uh, Purdue opened as four-point underdogs. Uh, Penn State is getting a majority of the money, according to the uh, sources that I have, and yet that number is going down. So that would suggest the house, um, the house is is rooting for Penn uh, Purdue, and they they. Um, I also read on Twitter that Twin Spires Sportsbook. Um, needs Purdue to cover this game because they have a lot of action on Penn State. And as we all know, the best side to be on in gambling is the same side as the house. So that's kind of what we're doing here. That's why I like you because I don't, I don't have those kind of sources. Uh, I just listen <laughs> to smart people, and uh, you are a smart person. All right, we talked about well Purdue. What those. else do you like? This is a huh? I would say I would say we're betting bros though. I'm gonna start shooting you these uh, sources, shooting you these these um, websites, so you can help your so I can help your handicap in a little bit. Thank you, and we got to have you on every Thursday. You kidding me? Unless you're busy. If you're I busy, it. I get it. But I'm trying to make people or unless money I pick here. against. Hey, you. what else do you like? What else you liking? Um, I, I have a pretty small bed slip, so I, I just barreled into Purdue. I'm going to take their money line as well. And I'm going to lay the 17 with Ohio State. 
Um, it's just a huge number. All the, again, going back to like game theory or uh, the, the betting splits uh, angle, most of the money is on Notre Dame, right? And yet the, the, the world opener for this one was Ohio State minus 14. It just keeps climbing. You know, it's a, everyone's seen it's a 2-5 matchup. Like Notre Dame's got a sick defense. Yeah, they don't have Brian Kelly anymore, but they're loaded, right? They have a lot of good players. So there's no way Ohio State will cover 17. But Ohio State's offense is probably going to buzzsaw Notre Dame's defense. I mean, Notre Dame is talented on defense, granted, but their offense has got a lot of new pieces. Um, they're outside the top 100 in returning offensive production. And Ohio State's defense, I actually think, is going to take a jump this year. They have, of course, they're loaded. They have 10, four, or five-star recruits on the starting lineup. Um, but they also just returned a ton of their production, and I think they're going to have a bounce back year. So um, the combination of Ohio State probably scoring 40, and I don't think Notre Dame uh, – I don't think Notre Dame gets to 20, and I know that's like easy, you know, napkin math, but that's pretty much how I look at it. You know, one of the bets that I put out earlier today, and I was a little bit surprised that the number wasn't 40, was Ohio State's team total – was 38 and a half. I'm I'm taking that because I feel as I as I've watched the lead up, man, I, I, unless somebody gets hurt, Ohio State's going to play fast. They got all kind of weapons and one of I've read their goals is to be the highest scoring team in the country. I think they get the 40. I think 38 and a half team totals pretty good bet for Ohio State. Yeah, I don't hate it. I mean, there's of course there's an argument to be made where Notre Dame um, slows the pace down because they do not want to get into a back and forth of Ohio State, right? So that's one um, argument against Ohio State's over team total. Um, but I, I do think Ohio State gets Notre Dame's offense off the field pretty fast, pretty frequently, and they're just going to get a a lot of looks and. I mean, yeah, plain, simply put, I, I think Ohio State's going to score six touchdowns in this game, and I just think they're going to gas past the, 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 the fighting average. That's exactly – god dang it. That's exactly how I looked at it. Six touchdowns. Now, that hook kills me because five and a field goal might drive me nuts. Uh, but anything else you're digging? Anything else you're looking at? Nothing, nothing this week. Hopefully I can come back with more winners next week um, with you guys. I, I am going to be looking at um, Utah and uh, uh, Florida because that's a, that's a premier matchup. And, and uh, Utah is two and a half point favorites in Gainesville, which is, is, is very noteworthy and interesting. You, you don't see that very often, but I don't have an official pick on it today um, or at this moment. Uh, probably by the end of the day. So go to outkick.com uh, backslash sports betting and check out all my stuff. And I'll be producing handicaps all throughout the uh, NFL and college football season. Hey, last thing before I let you go, are you the kind of guy that takes very few bets? Like, do you, you know, a lot of guys want to pick every game. Are you one of those guys that does that? Or do you go very few on a weekend? Ones that you know. It depends on the sport. College football, truthfully, yeah, I do take a few games. That's it. Uh, NFL, a little higher volume. And then I I bet a really high volume of NBA games. So I probably bet like two or three NBA games a day. Um, so, yeah, but college football, I feel like I have a less of an edge in it. It's a little tougher. Um, and, I, and I try to like focus 
my energy and bandwidth on power five matchups because that's where you can get like the most data and the most like, you know, uh, media coverage, stuff like that. Things that you can like sink your teeth in and, and, and handicap with. Hey, how did, uh, give me your backstory. How'd you end up with OutKick? Well, I started as a sports betting writer a few years ago for uh, USA Today Sports. They're smaller um, sports betting focus website, just been grinding. I mean, I've been gambling on sports for, for 20 years now. I've had a bet on like, uh, and a game every single day, uh, besides the pandemic for the last seven years. So like, I'm just, I just wake up and I look at the betting lines and it's a passion of mine, of mine to produce betting content, make money. Um, and I conveyed that passion well enough uh, in the interview, uh, with the outkick people, I was excited about the opportunity, uh, what you guys are growing over here. And I wanted to be on the ground floor and uh, helping and, and building your sports betting content. So um, just just essentially uh, worked at it, grinded um, as, a, as a content producer for you. You said sports and got selected here at OutKick. And I'm, I'm, I'm very happy, very excited to be part of this, frankly, awesome team. Go Boilers. Thanks, man. <laughs> All right. Thanks for having me, man. I hopefully I, I can bring you some more, uh, some more. I'll bring you some more bets next week. If we can lock in a Thursday appearance. You got it, man. You got it. We're always looking. We're always looking for smart people to make us money. We need revenue streams, big boy. Thanks, man. Thanks, <laughs> yeah, Jeff. I was gonna say, let's connect on Monday to make sure we have the same bets. Cause especially if this one wins. Right. This one loses. I don't know you. I don't know you. Yeah, I didn't yeah, say yeah. that. Erase all the tapes. <laughs> I won't be back next next Thanks, week man. if this one loses. <laughs> hey, no, hell no. You, here's one thing that we do. We don't blame nobody when we lose. We we pay our bets. We move on. We don't say, yeah, but you know what? Some, nah. Jeff Clark, there you go. Go to at Outkick Bets. Uh, it'll be fantastic. But again, my bets this weekend, Purdue plus three and a half. I got Purdue-Penn State over. I'm not in love with that. But there was a little information that I got that I liked on it. Ohio State over team total, 38 and a half. LSU minus three uh, at Florida State, I really like. I like Arkansas minus six at Cincinnati. And I'm iffy, but I'll probably watch it. And that's a bad way to go about betting. Colorado State plus 30 against uh, 30 and a half. I'm keeping the hook against Michigan. All right, what do we got, Dylan? Who's our Wokadope as we end another great weekend? Dan Mullen was fantastic. What do we got, Wokadope, baby? Wait, I'm making I'm making Dylan work, man. He's going from two guests nonstop. Got to put up the Wokadope. Ryan isn't here, but that's all right. We got a uh, couple of things. I don't know. Russell Wilson signed a five-year, $240 million contract, 165 guaranteed. All right, what did Nancy Pelosi say? Put her ass up there. At one point, Pelosi says Biden doesn't have the power to cancel student debt. The president can't do that. And now, midterm time, Pelosi says bold action by the president is a strong step in Democratic's fight to expand access to higher education. By delivering historic targeted student debt relief to millions of borrowers, more fam working families will be able to meet their kitchen table needs as they recover from the pandemic.
Which is it? I'll hang up and listen. Will you tell me which is it? Will somebody please, God, tell me which side of this people are on? Like, look, we get it. Why are they always thinking that we sit around the kitchen table and we don't have anything? A little bit of breathing room. Knucklehead Joe said, a little bit of breathing room. All right, little bit of breathing room. Fine. All right, little bit of breathing room. All right. Sit around the kitchen table. Remember the winner of death? Didn't he say the winner of death? That's like my guy here in Indy, Greggy Doyle, saying, if you send your kid to college, it's like sending them to Vietnam. What's wrong with these Libbies? Well, are they going to continue a pattern of scaring people to vote? Is that what you're doing? Like in my city of Indianapolis, the mayor won 73% of the election and has done squat. Yet you'll never read about him doing squat. Is that what we're doing? We're all just wanting a little bit of breathing room. What is wrong with us? Like, why do all you folks in major cities, Charles Barkley said it best, poor people vote Democrat and they're still poor. (laughs) I I don't, look, common sense tells me uh, I'm not paying attention. If I were somebody that actually had influence, I got to tell you, I would kick every one of these guys, gals that have been there long out. 35 years, 40 years, isn't that what Biden's been in? Eight years as a vice president, and that dude blames it on Trump? Did you see what Obama said? Obama said, he wrote, just shoot me after a meeting with Biden. Could you imagine being around that guy? Could you imagine how full of crap that guy is? Like, why do you all do that? Why, why do you all, I don't get it, man. Why do you all continue to vote for policies that haven't done you any good because you're afraid of the unknown? I don't get it, man. I'm not going to lie. You guys can keep doing it. Uh, I, I don't get it. I mean, we got to show an ID to go to a liquor store to buy booze, to buy cigarettes, but you don't have to show an ID to vote? And Joe Biden's racially charged comments the other day are no surprise because that's what Joe Biden does. That's what he's always done. And he's comfortable because there's never been a time, not one time ever, where Joe Biden's been challenged other than this past election. I'm just telling you, it it is one of the most amazing things in my lifetime, how we just allow the worst among us to lead us. These people don't care about you. They talk about the same things. They're hypocrites. They're liars. Doggage, I didn't come here for your political opinion. Well, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. Because that's part of why I came here. Anyway, uh, again, my bets, Purdue plus three and a half. That's tonight. I love the hook on that. Purdue over 53. Ohio State over 38.5 team total, their total, not the game total, just Ohio State. They're going to get to 40. I love LSU minus three against Florida State. If you can get that at 2.5, better yet. 6.5 Arkansas over Cincinnati. I think that's an easy one, and I like Colorado State. 
plus 30 and a half against Michigan. I just don't feel like Michigan is one of those teams that beats you by 30. And Jay Norvell is going to sling it and sling it and keep slinging it until his brain hurts. How about that? I need Botox. He's going to sling it and sling it. Hey, by the way, I just got a text that said there is a facial appointment available at my facial place. I'm not going today. Another great week, man. I mean, what a week. Danny Mullen capped it off, but I mean, we just had a great week. Ryan and Dylan and everybody else, thank you all so much. Thanks to Clay for retweeting. When Clay retweets, man, uh, we get a lot of good numbers. I'm sure today was big numbers. I thank everybody that's been on all day. I thank everybody that was on our YouTube chat. You guys are fantastic. I didn't get there because we had guests today, but I thank you for that. Uh, I thank you all that tweet. I thank you all that watch on Facebook, that watch at Outkick.com. I told you this the other day. Uh, I used to go, and and it was just a habit, to ESPN.com when I wanted sports news. Now it's not even close. I go to Outkick.com because they got the best sports news, easy to navigate. Gary and the team have done a fantastic job. So when you get a chance, if you're looking for sports news, if you're looking for lines, if you're looking for information, and if you're looking for unbiased reporting – you got to go to outkick.com. I mean, Bobby Barak is America's conscious. Jeff Clark is going to set you up with some wins. David Hookstead is a great new addition. Alejandro Armando Segura, he is going to get it done in the NFL all year long. And, of course, all three shows here, Clay's show, four shows, my show, Clay's show, the Outkick 360, Tommy's show. There's nowhere else to be but right here, and I'm just honored and thrilled to be a part of it. We're going to have a great weekend. I hope you do too. Go Boilers tonight. If you don't like the bet, don't take it. If you do like the bet and you lose, I don't want to hear from you. Look, as they say, that's betting, baby. Have a great, great afternoon. Have a great weekend. And thank you all so much for another terrific week. See you.